Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Leading on Purpose. I'm Nicole Bendeley, and I'm so thrilled that you're tuning in again. You know, before we jump in, I just want to thank all of you for consistently tuning in. Um, as I share in pretty much every episode, you know, my sole purpose really is to help as many people as I can just to thrive a little more every day and struggle a little less. And by tuning in and sharing the love, subscribing, rating, forwarding, you know, modeling, sharing some of the tips, you're, you're certainly helping me fulfill my purpose. So I, I truly, truly appreciate you for that and for tuning in. So thank you. Um, and today is a special day. I've been so excited about today ever since I met these two lovely women that I'm going to be introducing you to. So not only am I excited about the fact that we're going to be leaning into and talking about a topic, conflict, which terrifies me. Conflict is something that I struggle with and have struggled with all my life. So I'm excited about the, about the topic. But I'm also really excited to have this conversation with, um, with my two guests, Eva Van Krugel and Carolyn Berglund, who I will have introduced themselves because I just won't do it justice. But I want to share a little bit about how I met these two wonderful women. So, you know, Eva and Carolyn, I can't even remember exactly how I came across Pithy Musings, which is your vlog that I'll let you talk about. Um, but when I did, um, I couldn't get enough. I just kept listening to you both and felt like we were kindred spirits on a similar mission. So I want to welcome Caroline and Eva to our episode today and um, can't wait to, to get started. And I want to really pass it over to you. I could read your bio, but I would love just to have you all share a bit about yourselves and in particular, your own purpose, your, your, the path that you're on. Um, in your lives. And uh, yeah, so I'll just hand it, you know, Carolyn, you want to you sure. uh, hop in? Sure. Thanks, Nicole. First of all, let us extend our gratitude to you for uh, having us on your show. I've had the opportunity to listen to a couple episodes now. It's absolutely fantastic. So thank you. Um, so to introduce myself, my name is Carolyn Berglund, and I'm the principal of an organization by the name of Talk Talk. I'm also principal of an organization called the One Stop Special Needs Shop. Um, on the Talk Talk side, we uh, play in the arena of leadership, executive coaching, doing a ton around team building, particularly on the topic that we're going to be speaking about uh, dealing with conflict. And I also help uh, folks become better public speakers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. And, and um, Carolyn, what do you love most about the work that you do? Well, you were talking about purpose, and boy, can I identify with your purpose about helping others. That's really what we do. Um, I like to say that our purpose is learning is our passion, transformation is our, our result, but here's the kicker. We do this with the thought of kindness at the root of it all. We actually believe that understanding the human side of organizational potential is really where it's at. So really, um, what we're going to be talking about today, at least from my perspective, is really rooted in intent and kindness. And so, boy, can I identify with your purpose. 
Man, if we could just boil everything down to one, you know, um, character trait or value around be kind, if we all just lived by that one value, imagine the, the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So thanks for that, Carolyn. Uh, we'll dig into that a little bit more as well. Eva, so good to have you. Oh, so thank, thank you so much for having us. And uh, I too am loving your work, Nicole. And what I really love is that so many of us are really in support of one another and the world and what we're doing and not in competition. There, is, there are so many communities and, and folks who need and want support and want to do the work to get there. There's, we need every one of us. So I'm really honored to be at both of your sides. Nicole, thank you for having us. Um, you know, so I'm the founder and uh, lead coach with Fervor Leadership Coaching and Consulting. Um, I do a lot of work with teams uh, to make them more effective and healthier much, much, much healthier um, and higher functioning with a sense of belonging, um, enabling innovation, creativity uh, in a world that needs a whole lot more of that. Um, we've got big, big, hefty problems to solve um, that affect humanity, the earth, all sorts of things, non-human species, and we've got our work cut out. So um, that really extends into, so there's a team staff and there's a lot of individual senior leadership stuff. Um, and I absolutely love the gift of what I get to do every day. And part of why I view it as a gift is because I come from a former executive background where I know what it's like to be probably an an incredibly imperfect, fumbling, stumbling leader that had kindness in her heart um, in, you know, more functional environments and very dysfunctional environments. Mm. And I've seen how hard it is. I've also seen what's possible when we dig in and do the work. And so you know, there was a there was a defining day when I got to see others do what we do, and I thought I have to do this work. I have to. I am compelled to. So I basically jumped over the moon, and here I am. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love it, and I love how you refer to it as the work. Right? Mm. It is work. It, 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 especially this topic that we're talking about, or whether it's building a high performance team, being an exceptional leader, finding your purpose, staying on purpose, living with integrity. It requires work. It takes work um, and effort, right? But it doesn't have to be a struggle, right? The, the, it, it doesn't ha- there doesn't have to be a lot of friction along the way and, and overwhelm with the work, right? And so, and I think that's how many of us feel when we talk about conflict, that it's so uncomfortable <laughs> and it's, it's rooted in so many, you know, beliefs or values that, that we each have. And, and it takes work. It takes work to, to lean into. And so really want to dive into that a little bit. And it's funny because I spent some time, I mean, I'm a conflict avoider. 100%. And I wanted to get a sense of how many other people are conflict avoiders out there as well. So I just Googled this morning conflict resolution. Half a billion results came up for conflict resolution, half a billion almost. And so, you know, conflict is a big, big topic in the world stage, in our personal lives, um, at work. And so I want to start by just talking a little bit about, you know, your perspectives. What, first of all, how do we define conflict? 
And what is the difference, do you think, between productive, healthy conflict and unproductive conflict? How do we know when we're in one or the other? Because sometimes they feel the same, right? The feelings that we get when we're in disagreement or what have you can be the same, whether it's productive or unproductive sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, according to the, the Webster's Dictionary, because I did look this up, um, conflict is any situation in which people have incompatible goals, interests, principles, or feelings. And so it could be a variety of different things from tasks or relationships or value. If we think about unhealthy conflict, you know, what really surfaces are blame and shaming and withdrawing, but my favorite one, if I had to pick a favorite of the the unhealthy conflict is uh, passive aggressiveness. Mm. Um, And why that one kind of agitates me the most is because it is indirectly aggressive. And one of the things that, uh, you know, even I've explored in the past is what's the difference between aggression and assertion? And aggression is all those things that I just mentioned. Assertiveness is actually a pretty good thing. Um, We need to be assertive. Um, in order to express ourselves or get things done. I'll pause there, Eva. Did you have anything other to say around the unhealthy conflict? I, you know, the, the bottom line, the more and more I, I'm, you know, because I think leadership is, a mentor once said to me years ago, leadership is lifestyle, not a job. Mm-hmm. And the moment I recognized that the work felt, I realized the work would be, would transcend my work life and into my overall human life. And so you know, conflict learnings for me stem from amazing psychologists, writers, authors, contributors. I think of the work of Adam Grant or Amy Edmondson um, and more on the notion of psychological safety, Brené Brown. The word that comes to mind on what distinguishes healthy conflict versus unhealthy is a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we need, you know, we can call it conflict, we can position it differently, um, but I think we need a, a, like, a, for example, a creative tension in innovative spaces to solve big clunky problems um, or opportunities. I think we need that tension. And is there conflict in disagreement? If it's about the task, it's not about the person. And it's with a view to a shared interest to move us forward, to move the ideas, the thinking, our roles, our contributions forward. But is it safe? Are we doing it with respect and mutual positive regard and uh, the, the assumption that each of us are here doing our best, letting judgment, assumption, narrative go and creating a safe space for a volcano of rich sharing ideas and questioning. So safety is the word that comes to mind. Safety, absolutely. That foundation of safety and, and that trust, that trust to be yourself and, and to, to, to be able to, to, to share your voice. And it's interesting when we talk about, you know, certainly Amy Edmondson's work and, and Adam Grant around psychological safety is where I get stuck with conflict is that that struggle between, okay, I could be working in the safest environment possible, but I still have my internal gremlin, my internal voice that's loud, 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 telling me, you know, um, what's not true, right? That, that you know, oh, to, to, to belong, you need to show up this way, even though evidence is contrary to that, right? So, so maybe don't speak your mind just yet because you'll be rocking the boat. 
And so there's this tension between, you know, absolutely the leader and team's responsibility to create that, that safe, psychologically safe, trusting, respected, candid workplace. And then there's the work we individually have to do with ourselves in managing that internal dialogue and our belief system. So for my belief system, I have this, I have you know, I'm a conflict avoider and I looked it up. Conflict avoidance is a type of people pleasing behavior, right? Which that typically arises from a deep rooted fear of upsetting others, right? And it's not, you know, logical <laughs> in any way, shape or form for me. And so how, how can we balance that? You know, the, the self individual sort of balancing our own internal thinking with, with, you know, even if we're in a safe environment, like where does the individual come into play? I don't think actually avoidance is necessarily a bad thing, Nicole. So if I think of like the Thomas Kilman model, right, where you've got assertiveness on one side of the axes and cooperativeness on the bottom side, you got high assertiveness, we've just talked about assertiveness is actually a good thing, if it's not aggression, and high cooperativeness you're in that bucket of collaboration. But if you have low assertiveness and low cooperativeness, you're in this bucket called avoidance. And I, you know, I had a situation just last week in which I was, had to decide whether I was going to go into healthy content conflict with this individual. And I chose in that moment that the cost outweighed the benefits and that I was going to avoid the situation altogether. So avoidance doesn't necessarily um, mean a bad thing, but I would just add one thing to what you were saying and that it is the leader's responsibility in the room, in my humble point of view, to create that, not only that safe, psychologically uh, safe space, but to nurture and draw out healthy conflict with their team, mine for that conflict. I can sense something's going on with you, Nicole. Do you want to explore that with me now, right? So um, I think this is going to be a bold statement, (laughs) but I think for teams to be healthy, they absolutely, we talked about uh, psychologically safety, but I think even more important than that, well, maybe equal to that, is this, um, you know, looking at healthy conflict, because unless you do that, you're not going to get commitment from the team and you're not going to have accountability and you will not have results. So it's almost looking within and saying, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I'm going to stretch my comfort zone here and still dive into it. Yeah, I would agree with the, the, the piece on avoidance. I mean, I think there's a, there's a place where what, what is ultimately going to help us move where we're at forward and, you know, maybe there are discretionary moments where you're choosing to accept things as they are. Maybe it just simply isn't a place where my energy is really warranted and needed right now. Um, and there is a certain discretion. Then there's, uh, you know, there are situations where we're avoiding um, and, and, and fully backing away, backing away. And then it's piling up within and it's piling up in the dynamic and things aren't being said when they need to be said. To your question, Nicole, around, you know, the self-work and the teamwork, mm-hmm. I fully have a, I have a total bias that you got to do the self-work or you, you can't help your team to do the work. It's a little bit like you've had lived experience, you've got a few scars, you can help others with their scars and navigating to heal those when we've healed our own. 
there can be healing work, development work in various ways. We all need a team of support, but I think it's stepping into that, that learning, the vulnerability, the courage, and, and, and do that work. And it's not just a one and done. No. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It is not a one and done. That is for sure. Nothing ever with, is <laughs> when it comes to leadership and, and important work, right? And change and complexity, right. new demands, things like that. It, it's all fodder for, for people to feel unsettled. Absolutely. And, and what an unsettled year and a half we've had on <laughs> top of that, right? Unsettled is the perfect word. Um, and so what are you hearing and seeing right now? We're going we're gonna to go to break in a couple of minutes and we'll come back to this. But, you know, given this year and a half and um, the, the uncertainty that is still to come with respect to what does the future of workplace, you know, look like and um, what types of stressors or conflicts do you think do you see arising that are maybe not being addressed candidly at work that are causing other issues within the teams or in the in the culture what are you noticing I think in the in the past year in this pandemic we are missing connection so there's no longer that water cooler talk we're not going out for lunch or drinks or what have you and there was a real challenge with that because those activities build relationship and that hi how you doing how was your weekend is not necessarily happening on these zoom calls we're diving right in and so there is an agitation that people are bringing to their team environments that are surfacing because of this pandemic and the, and the fact that people aren't nurturing those relationships so the teams i think that are doing this well are having meetings just just to check in mm -hmm. just to you know bring out the human side we forget that when we show up at work we're whole we're a whole human being you know we have a story there's there's something underneath that story and we're losing that connection through the pandemic Absolutely. I want to pick up on that after break, um, the, the human side, because when we truly connect as human beings, man, we can work through so much more together from that, you know, connection. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed, and it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC CEO Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
The Lord Jesus Christ presents a doctrine through the Apostle Paul for us so that we might teach the word to others. Hear and interpret these words of wisdom each week on the radio program Why Paul? with hosts Michael and Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton through their ministry, 14th Street Ministries. Michael, Michelle, and Pamela are dedicated to sharing these words with you so that you might pass it along to others. Listen every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at waterstonehc.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Eva and Carolyn. And before we dive back in, just wanted to, you know, encourage you all to check out Pithy Musings. You can, you know, find it on YouTube and that you'll get to dance at the beginning of Pithy Musings (laughs) with them. It's a really great way to either start your day or take a break um, in the middle of your day and and pick up some great learning along the way as well. So, um, uh, please check it out. Now, we were talking before break about the impact of this pandemic, right? And, and Carolyn, you were speaking to this loss of human connection. We're in an era of disconnection, right? Or digital connection, which really prevents human, the human side of, of relationships, right? The most important aspect of relationships. Um, and um during break, Eva, you were speaking to the need to harvest belonging as well. That's one of the big learnings that we're really focusing on right now. Can you speak a little bit more to the importance of belonging in particular as it relates to to conflict? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm looking back to remember. I'm looking up up at the sky to remember what I what I shared there. And I and I my observation in working with some leaders, not all leaders that there's this legacy behavior that many of us are carrying. Um, Some of us are carrying where we think there's this delineation between the professional self and the personal self. And, you know, absolutely understand some discretion there on, you know, being at work versus at home. And we're seeing more connective tissue between work and personal life. We are whole human beings. And so those who are really uncomfortable with, being vulnerable, sharing feelings, experiencing feelings of others, it's contributing to disconnect. And that disconnect can create friction, which can create conflict, can be spoken conflict, can be withdrawing, can be armoring up, it can be any any kind, but it's creating divide. So coming back to belonging, what what work do we need to do within ourselves to feel like we belong? So that we can be our true selves, however that needs to show up at work, at home, out there in the world, in community, on the dance floor. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and also to, to, to ensure that our teams feel a sense of belonging. So if we feel it in ourselves, we can harvest that in others. And, and I do think if we feel a sense of belonging, it's connected to safety. That safety is connected to healthy conflict. 
can I add to that? Yeah, please. Because um, Eva, you were talking about the whole human being, right? So you think about the pandemic and we're on these Zoom calls and kids are coming in and dogs are coming in and, you know, doors are, we're getting a portal into someone else's world. And so my advice, if I can give advice to leaders that might be listening to this, is that if you've shown your teams and your peers some love, hey, how is your parents that are wherever? Or how is your kid? And I know that you're juggling a lot right now. My, my strong concern is, and what I'm observing, is that leaders are going back to their old behaviors because we've got this COVID fatigue, right? I'm tired of this thing. I'm over it. So they're going back to this goals and objectives. I, we, we need to hit this goal. We need to hit this objective where in reality, in my opinion, we should be focusing on more soft skills, or as Eva likes to say, the hard stuff, the hard skills. We should be measuring how psychologically, how psychologically safe is your team? How are you handling and nurturing um, conflict? How are you getting to commitment, to accountability, and then, and then to results? It's, it's almost um, it, that Lencioni, Lencioni model, for those that are watching and listening, it's five behaviors that I'm describing in a, in a triangle. You can't start with results. You can't start with results. And as, as we're thinking about conflict, well, where does that fit in, right? So it starts with psychological safety, goes into conflict, and those are the things that should be measured. And for those who may, as a build on that, for those who build, build on the philosophy of start with the end in mind, mm-hmm. I would an, offer an end to what if they do start with the results and what are the conditions that we need in order for us to be okay and thrive in this? And what will we do to get there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And either way, you can't get anywhere without trust. You cannot get anywhere without psychological safety, right? And, and that, that, that's table stakes um, for, for any type of, of, of performance, especially um, when we talk about, you know, having healthy conflict that moves work forward, that moves teams forward, that moves our own personal development, self-development and vulnerability forward. You know, I want to talk a little bit about vulnerability because, again, that's another word that that we use so much that we don't often take time to really talk about what does that look like, you know, at work? What does it mean to be vulnerable at work? Um, And so what are you noticing as far as, you know, a shift in leadership style or approach as it relates to being vulnerable, as it relates to you know, helping others be vulnerable and and lean into uncomfortable conversations around, you know, ideas even, or, you know, ways of doing things, whatever the topic might be. But what are you noticing that the best leaders are doing and how they're shifting their approach when it comes to demonstrating vulnerability? You know, the first thoughts. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Carolyn. Happens to us all the time in 50 minutes. Yeah, I was... Right, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we get very excited. <laughs> the vulnerability is is critical to to feeding into that psychological safety. And vulnerability is, from my perspective, the ability to be myself. I can be exactly who I want to be. 
Um, not fear of judgment, not fear of retribution. What if I say the wrong thing? I think we've all been on teams like that. Um, and that doesn't feel very good, does it? No. So like, I remember being on a team several years ago in which um, the leader, we were all on a call and there was a newer um, colleague and he actively humiliated him in front of, uh, there was a team of six of us. And the three most senior people, not, not myself, didn't say anything. And so I stepped in. So when you're talking about fear of conflict, well, I would, did a hard, hard swallow before, before speaking up. But it felt like I had to. Mm-hmm. Now, that didn't go over very well. <laughs> I'm likely the reason why I'm not with that organization nor with that leader anymore. But that's the opposite of showcasing vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly weren't welcome to, to voice your opinion because he wanted to be the smartest person in the room. Um, so what I'm noticing to go back to your question um, in this COVID world is it has brought out the necessity of being all those things, vulnerable, empathetic, all of that. Um, and if you haven't been that, you haven't been very successful during the past year and a half. Absolutely. It's required vulnerability. Sorry, Eva, I jumped on you. Go ahead. Oh, it's all good. All good. And um, I think one of the things I'm noticing and connected to vulnerability is, is I call them firsts. We are, we are constantly, over the past couple of years, and particularly in the, in, in the pandemic, um, being confronted with firsts. And that can be everything from a change in portfolio to a promotion that maybe we wanted or didn't want, or the first time CEO job. Wow, I finally did it. I got there. And now I'm with a geographically dispersed team. Now what? Um, So there's a lot of firsts that are incredibly uncomfortable for a lot of leaders. And um, I'm observing a spectrum of self-proclaimed self-doubt through to self-proclaimed full-on imposter syndrome. And, you know, that is, that is a space that is fodder for emotional triggers yeah. and uh, broken down resilience. And so, you know, what are, what are we doing to manage some of those inner gremlins, I think is a, is a piece of it, but, you know, coming into a place of vulnerabilities to say, I have some of those, those gremlins. hundred percent. And I may be acting out of integrity if I don't address some of those gremlins, mm-hmm. some of that really hard self-talk or fear-induced actions and behaviors out there in the world, which can contribute to conflict. Um, you know, tactical things that I think can be demonstrations of vulnerability in the moment can be things like in front of a team, here's what I know in the firsts that we're facing together, more change here's what I know and here's what I don't know. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I know, I want you to know too. Right. And places for feedback, places for questions. Ask me anything. I may not have the answer. It's okay not to have the answer. It doesn't make you a bad leader. Be vulnerable and say it and claim it. You know what? I might, I'm going to go find out. I'm going to see if I can get us an answer on that. I know you've been asking for a raise for two years and there's really a hold. There's a hold on salaries. I'm going to go ask. I'm going to come back to you and tell you what's possible. But I may not have the answer that you need. It's vulnerable, but it's honest. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and when we, and it's, it's completely honest, it's vulnerable, it's transparent. And it's, it's, it's building that trust. Trust doesn't happen with one big event, one big action, right? We, we, we contribute to that trust jar every single day. We pull out from that trust jar and the little things that we do, right? And I find that we find, we can more easily find ourselves in conflict or an unproductive conflict when our own expectations are not being met, but we assume they will be. And unless we have the opportunity to clarify and share and have dialogue around expectations or be able to ask questions and be able to say, you know what, I don't know, but I'll get back to you and truly do get back to each other, right? Our expectations are never going to be met because we won't be sharing them. We won't be asking questions. And then that's when we disengage and check out or we react, right? And in maybe unproductive, unproductive ways due to whatever, you know, triggers and emotions that, that we, that we have. And so this, 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 the need to be vulnerable, it's interesting because it's not, it's not just about, you know, wearing your heart on the sleeve or feeling like you have to share all parts of yourself. It's being open and entering into a dialogue for the perspective of truly seeking to understand and helping the other person to understand you, right? And, and showing up as your true self in that way, right? Um, is how has how I see it. And what what's is very much aligned with what you're saying. And it's interesting because I empathize very much with leaders who have grown up in a system where they've had to arm themselves and they were taught yep. through their whole career to arm yourselves and be yep. the invincible leader. And you have to have all the answers. Don't show any weakness. Right. And so to those leaders, what do you say? Like, how do you, how do you support them in making these shifts that can be very uncomfortable and who likely don't want to manage conflict and differing opinions and all of this, right? That's, oh my gosh, how do I do that? How do, how, what do you, how do you, what do you say to them? How do you, how do you help those types of leaders that you work with in making those shifts? Hmm. I was working with the CEO fairly recently. And this, and he was telling me a story about pre-pandemic and then during pandemic and then now. Uh, he had two uh, people that he identified as successors to his role. He's getting ready to retire. And the one successor was kind of number one and, and um, had a certain archetype, certain personality, very much what you just described, right? Grew up in this organization, haven't right learned all of those more softer skills. And the second one was kind of on the back burner. He wasn't really looking at her. Well, what happened was the pandemic happened and who did he promote was the second one because of all of the skills in which you've been speaking of, vulnerability, empathy, showing love. Like who says that in the corporate environment, but it's so important showing some love, right? Some kindness and how she interacted with her teams, set her aside. Um, and he ended up promoting her, even though she didn't have the technical ability to really do what was required of the job. So what I would say to a leader that is struggling with a team that is, is struggling with some of the stuff like vulnerability and managing conflict is that there are resources out there to help you. There's trainers, there's coaches, there's books, but you have to have the attitude that growth mindset that Carol Dweck talks about to really want to 
create that culture shift within your organization. Absolutely. Yeah, I... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off, Eva. Well, I, you know, I, I imagine literally like a bottle with a cork in it. And we're, we're obstructing progress and what's possible when we're not bridging between what's happening within us and the rest of the dynamic. We're literally obstructing our effectiveness and the team's effectiveness, not only in the work, but in interrelationship with others and modeling what's possible. Um, so, I, you know, what I, what I would also say is, I mean, there's a heaps of content and learning and courses and coaches and mentors and therapists if they need them. Yeah. Um, heaps of support. I think there's no shame in having a team of support. I think you need to be ready to do the work. You need to be ready and um, open yourself up to, to new learning and new growth that probably will be a little bit uncomfortable. But what's more uncomfortable? I don't tend to have to persuade people by the time they come to me, they're ready because they're tired of the struggle and they're seeing it impact effectiveness and they're ready. So I don't have to sort of hard sell them on doing it. And there's, there's a ton of incredible resources that we have the gift of being able to, to lean into with thanks to so many thought leaders out there and researchers. Absolutely. When we, you know, you're right. It's, it's, it's that readiness, like anything, right? I always say, I'm, I'm not in the business of convincing CEOs and leaders that culture matters. Nope. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not in that business. You know, for those who believe it, I, we are here 120% to help you build the leaders and teams and cultures that will get your business to where they need to go and your and support your people along the way. But I don't I'm not here to convince you that it matters, right? There needs to be that that readiness there in in anything. Um, and so when we come back from break, I'd love to dive into, you know, for teams that may not be in the great the greatest place right now, right? There's unresolved conflict, there's fears, there's tension about what the future of, of work is going to look like. How 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 do we support teams who are maybe in conflict right now, right? What what can what can leaders do and teams do? This isn't just, I mean, man, leaders have the broadest shoulders in the world, right? Leaders are people too. <laughs> God, right? They, right? And, and, and so what can leaders and their team members, this is a shared approach. And I agree with you, Carolyn, leaders need to do the bulk of the work. If, if the foundation isn't there, they need to build it and pull it out of people, but team members need to be willing participants and do the work. So what can we do? What can they do together to, to move through some of the tension and almost not reset, but move out of you know, fear of what might come to being able to thrive through whatever might come together. So we'll, we'll dive into that on the other side of break. Stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed, and it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. 
At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourselves, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at WaterstoneHC.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right, everyone, welcome back. Hey, before we dive back in, I just want to uh, let you all know, if you want to learn, you want to gain some tools and strategies to build a psychologically safe culture, check out our Building High Performance Teams and Cultures program at the Waterstone website. We dive into building the foundation, giving you the tools, the strategies, diving into your own vulnerability learning how to be vulnerable with others uh, through that program. So feel free to reach out directly to me or check out our website. Okay. Um, We were talking before break. Listen, I really believe this (laughs) re-entry is going to be a bumpier ride for many um, than the the exit into, you know, remote digital lives. Um, We've all had a year and a half to reflect uh, to get comfortable, to reassess, you know, what we really want in our lives to, you know, be comfortable working from home, for example, um, discovering new paths. Um, and so the future can be even scarier right now for many people. And so when we think about teams, um, and leaders trying to build, you know, uh, cohesion and um, and helping people to sort of thrive through what might be coming. What are what should they be thinking about or talking about? What are some 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 thoughts that you have for these leaders and teams who are worried about what might come and how to move through it together? I think the first step, Nicole, is to get a diagnostic on where your team is at. So what I mean by that is like really how sitting back and looking at your team objectively, are you seeing that your meetings are boring and there's 
little spirited discussion? Are you seeing that individuals are hesitant to speak up? Are you seeing that teammates or your directs are resorting to what I call back channel conversations? My fave, right? When someone's pinging each other or waiting until the hallway, not actually. Um, So if all of that is happening, there's a pretty good indication that you are not, um, you have what is called artificial harmony on your team. So artificial harmony is, yeah, everything's good because nobody spoke up, nobody said anything on the team. If that kind of describes your team, if you're really looking at in that mirror um, objectively and with reality, if that's really what's going on in your team, you're gonna need to break it down. And you're gonna actually have to do what Eva was talking about earlier and be super vulnerable in front of that team and say, this is this, this current state of the, the union within our team, what do you think? And this is where we wanna go. So let's start having a conversation of what those missing components are, what those gaps are. Oftentimes, uh, in the teams that I w- I'm working with that are in heavy conflict right now, it requires a third par- person to come in and help that process. Um, I've seen it done successfully by leaders on their own, but oftentimes a, a helping hand um, is helpful as well because you get a, a, you know an objective perspective on what's going on. I'm, I'm sorry, Eva, just as I'm curious. So without talking about any particular clients, but when we talk about teams in conflict and deep conflict, are there some certain themes that arise that you're, you notice over the years that are the, the root causes of, of team conflict? Yeah, I would say they often start with two people on a team and then um, people take sides and usually uh, between the two and then it becomes a whole thing, but usually it's, um, it's rooted in this notion of I'm somehow better than you. Mm-hmm. You're not doing your job. I know we get paid the same, but I'm doing so much more. It, uh, my leaders pay, p- p- picking favorites with that person um, it's it's all around that. I don't know if you would add anything to that, Eva. I mean, I really love I love models like I mean, I love diagnostics as well. Um, can share some ideas there. I really love models like the drama triangle, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a, it's a it can be a game changer for a lot of people in their interpersonal dynamics um, at work, at home, out there in the world. And just the notion of, you know, for those who may not be familiar with it, just the three points, Google it, look up Cartman's uh, drama triangle. You can also look up the winner's triangle with the antidotes. If in the drama triangle, the three points include victim, uh, rescuer, and um, uh, persecutor. Persecutor. Yeah. And so, and it's basically coming from a place of... um, it's coming from a place of scarcity and fear. And um, so if we find ourselves in one of those places, am I rescuing someone because I think they're not capable? Am I persecuting someone because I'm sitting in judgment assumption narrative? Um, am I holding a victim mindset? Not because I may not be hurting, but because I'm falling into a spiral of how, how much it's their fault, yeah. uh, which also crosses over into persecutor. So there are, you know, there are mechanisms like this where if we were to really have honest conversations, do we ever exhibit some of these behaviors in our dynamics? Or I really love the work of also very Googleable 
um, the work of, uh, of Gottman and the four horsemen. Um, you know, some of those behaviors around being defensive or stonewalling. So there's, you know, there's four of them and there's four antidotes. Where am I? Where are we? Um, so having conversations ahead of time, sometimes involving a third party to talk about what's not being really talked about. And as Brittany Brown talks about termites in the walls, mm-hmm. so we can let them breed and take down the house or we can find a few of them, nip them in the bud and create the conditions for the house to stand tall and prosper. Beautiful. I don't know if that answered your question. It did. It did. I mean, those resources are phenomenal. And, in, in, you know, um, the, the drama triangle for four horsemen, you know, uh, Francis Fry's uh, trust triangle, all of those I find um, incredibly helpful. So thank you. Thank you for sharing them. Um, and absolutely everybody go get Google them and, and learn more about them. It's interesting because when I, I have this practice that I do when I'm struggling with a challenge or just want some inspiration and I'll do it a couple of times a day. And today, as I was meditating, thinking about conflict, you know, I pulled out a book. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull out a book and then just open it right to whatever page. And then I, I find a lesson on that page and it's usually bang on to whatever I've been, you know, meditating on or letting go of. And so this quote from um, Byron Katie's book, A Mind at Home with Itself, how asking four questions can free your mind, open your heart and turn your world around. Um, There's this quote, when inquiry is alive inside you, every thought you think ends with a question mark, not a period. And that is the end of suffering. Imagine, right? I mean, all of the thoughts that we think, all of the beliefs, I'm a failure. I'm going to look stupid. You know, they're, they're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Imagine everything having a question mark. And it's a question to explore, not a fact um, about ourselves and other people and, and be in learner and dialogue and seeking to understand. I think a big Piece. And imagine couple that with imagine coupling that um, Nicole with proper intent, and what I mean by that is coming to the table with kindness. That's how we started, right? And coming to that with a curiosity, an open mind, trying to learn more about that whole human being that's in front of you. Sorry, Eva, I jumped on you again. Go ahead. Well, and I, I'm almost thinking of a spectrum as you, as you share, Nicole, the notion of, you know, I, I, my interpretation of what you're sharing. And I was laughing, by the way, because you said, as I was meditating and thinking about conflict, I'm like, oh, is that? Um, <laughs> I, I, I know, it. I shouldn't be thinking while I'm meditating. I know. No, I, I just love it. I, I, I loved it. Um, but I'm thinking of a, a spectrum almost on one side of, uh, and yes, it's another model, um, as a positive intelligence practitioner, again, lots of stuff publicly available for folks. There's, there's the, the judge mindset. <laughs> we judge ourselves. We judge another person. We judge circumstance. And if we can let go of that, we do some neural rewiring and we lead with empathy and compassion and curiosity, exploration of positive possibility and pursuit of positive action, which by nature of that growth within, we can start to practice instead of the peaks and valleys in conflict, Mm. we can start to kind of mellow out those big peaks and valleys. 
because we're coming from that other side, which is called the sage, the sage perspective. And so if someone is hooked by a saboteur, you can stand in sage so you both don't go down. Mm-hmm. Right. I also think if we are, you know, Carolyn and I have talked again and again and again. I think every single episode of Pithy Musings, we've talked about empathy and curiosity as two foundational pieces to connecting humanity. And as we talk about putting the funk back into being human, what I would also offer though, is if you are in hardcore conflict, hardcore, um, you know, I'm certainly not a conflict expert. What I would offer is there are diagnostic resources like conflict dynamics profile. You can do 360s, um, you know, Yeah, there's lots of work that can be done to help literally name what are the constructive, destructive, passive, et cetera, behaviors and pinpoint your strengths and find the places to develop and go deeper in helping with healthier conflicts. So those things do exist as well. Thank you. Awesome. I appreciate that a lot. I know our listeners will too. Those are, that's um, uh, really, really helpful um, advice. You know, as we we've got a couple of minutes left and and I could talk about this, I mean, with you, you women all day long, by the way, and I'm excited to do that one day. Um, But um, as we as we close this episode, first of all, I just want to say thank you so, so much for joining me today and for sharing uh, with our listeners. And, And I'd love to just end on, you know, what is your hope for our listeners? I always love to end just with one wish, one hope um, for those listening. Uh, Caroline or Carolyn, what would you, what's your hope for our listeners? Well, first, I just want to extend my gratitude for having you on us uh, on your podcast. So thank you. It's not something that we talked about, but this is what I'll leave um, your listeners with is your words matter. So when you're in conflict, know that again, coming from the, the proper place of intent of kindness, that your conflict, your words are going to go home with that individual. So choose them wisely. Thank you. Eva. I, it's hard to pick just sort of one path, but I, I, and it almost sounds oversimplistic, but it's a practice we can institute every day, every single one of us, we all slip and it's just stay curious, keep learning. Beautiful. Just be curious. Keep me. I almost said keep musing, but it's <laughs> curious and keep learning. <laughs> I keep musing. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you so much to both of you, and please, everybody, check out Pithy Musings. Really, really, make sure you subscribe to it and and have it as your go to. Honestly. If you thought this was, you know, invaluable, and I certainly did, there's much more to learn from Carolyn and Eva, and it's all at your fingertips at Pithy Musings. And uh, please stay tuned next week. I'm excited for next week's episode and uh, hope you'll tune in. And please feel free to, to connect with all of us on, on LinkedIn, Twitter, any social media account you've got. Okay, we'd love to continue the conversation. All the best. Take care and talk soon. Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of Leading on Purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful week.